this is just another step towards pedophilia. And that is what gets my attention because I am a walking, living, breathing testimony of what happens when a child is sexually abused. Welcome to another episode of Truth Talk with Wendy. Today, I want to share something that, quite honestly, um, I've been very nervous about even coming on and talking about the subject, but it's been very, very heavy on my heart recently, especially in the culture that we are living in, um, and specifically how it is affecting our children. I first want to give you a little bit of background about when I really think the Lord started um, talking to me about this. Uh, there is a an author, several of you might have heard of her. Her name is Jen Hatmaker, and she is one of the funniest, uh, best communicators I have ever read. Her books are easy to read. They're very relatable. And um, she's just got a gift from the Lord of like talking to women. And so I had read a book of hers called Seven because that's my favorite number. And it was about an experiment that she did. And it was kind of like her journal of that experiment where I think in a nutshell, it's been a while since I read it, but um, I think she took like seven different months and picked seven, seven categories and so say the month, you know, that she did clothing, she picked seven items of clothing and that's all she wore, you know, and so she would do the same thing with different um, categories. And so it was just like a journal through that experiment and funny things that, you know, her kids would say or her husband would say or her friends would say or whatever. So anyway, it was, it was a really, really funny book and um, very convicting for me who has way more than seven items and this woman you know is a public speaker and she was able to survive an entire month with seven items so i think the whole point of the book was you know we can live with much less so anyway i say that to give you a little background on her i'm um, her and her husband also started a church in austin and um and you know they were doing very good anyway so out of the blue probably i don't know two three years ago ish she um, made a public statement about her support for same-sex marriage. And of course, you know, the Christian world went crazy. Um, again, divided right down the middle, some for support, some for like, oh my goodness, what do you just say? You know, y'all are pastors and you're supporting same-sex marriage and all stuff. So, uh, she posted about this experiment of this seven experiment on her Facebook page and you know I was really struggling because I you know loved her as an author and loved some of the ideas that she shared and I related to her in so many different ways but then this was something that when she came out with this public support 
and even went as far as to say that she thought the union of a same-sex marriage was actually sacred and just there was something that just did not sit in my spirit right and it's because I don't believe in it at all I think it is very evident in the Bible that it is wrong and it really bothered me that it was coming from someone who I have previously really respected and kind of looked up to and you know related to in almost every other way so I was really struggling because I, I really wanted to buy this addition to this book this experiment like workbook thing she was trying to put together I think and um and I just was struggling with is that even right for me to you know continue to support her when she's so adamantly taking a different position biblically than what I believe is right and so um, I want to read to you a post that I put on her actual little ad about that and um, and just kind of let this be the basis of this podcast it says I got this book several years ago and absolutely loved it talking about the book seven I really struggled when I saw this podcast saw this post because I wanted to do an experiment like this after reading the book but didn't have anyone to keep me accountable because my family would never go for this however after the recent comments made by the author I wondered to myself if it would be hypocritical to support her financially by purchasing the study when I completely and unequivocally disagree with her view of same-sex marriage after asking the Lord about this, I believe he made it clear that we don't have to agree 100% with everyone to love them. After all, I'm wrong about so many things, yet God loves me. I believe that he calls us to love no matter what. If we're willing, we can learn something from everyone. I believe that God has given Jen Hatmaker an incredible gift of writing and connecting with women and showing love to everyone. Just because I don't agree with her position on same-sex marriage doesn't mean that I can't learn other things from her that I do agree with. It also doesn't mean that I don't love her or people who choose a lifestyle that I don't agree with. We all struggle with sin. In God's eyes, we have all fallen short of His glory and deserve His wrath, but for the blood of Jesus. I'm so thankful that He accepts me right where I am, and I want to accept others right where they are. However, I would hope that if I had some kind of blind spot and was choosing a lifestyle of sin, that one of my sisters in Christ would come to me in love and humility with the truth of God's word. I don't think I would even care what they had to say if they just wanted to be critical and judgmental. Jesus never shot away from, con con from confronting sin, but he did it in such an irresistible loving way that people were drawn to him everywhere. Lord, let me live my life in such a way as to reflect Jesus in my love for all others. So that was my post that I felt like, you know, the Lord revealed to me that allowed me to have the freedom to still listen to someone that I vehemently disagree with on matters of the Bible. And I know that in today's world we are so divided and I think part of the problem is that if someone says one thing that we don't agree with 
it's very easy for us to just dismiss everything about them. Like, you know, they're just wrong on everything. Whether we really feel that way or not, a lot of it is in just the fact that we're not willing to even listen after we find something that we disagree with. And so, it's just really, really weighed on my heart. And for the last several days, I've just been struggling about what the Lord wanted me to talk about today. And just kind of arguing with him a little bit and trying to sort of get, get out of different things. And then, just like he does all the time, this morning, very specifically, um, as I read through the Bible, you know, in a specific order that I do not design, you know, I pick a plan and I just follow that plan. And today's reading happened to be in Romans chapter 1. So, I was like, okay. And I am not one to be disobedient. If, if you knew me at all, you would know that obedience is the one thing that I always talk about. Um, I always say, if I can get my 8-year-old to be obedient, then I have no excuse not to obey the Lord. So, I decided that this was something he definitely wanted me to talk about. He made it crystal clear. But I, I want to talk to you about it in a way that I want you to hear my heart first, okay? That's why I read the thing about Jen Hatmaker. Now I want to read to you specifically what the Bible said this morning in my quiet time. And this comes straight out of Romans 1 in the um, NLT version, New Living Translation. Um, I'm going to start in verse 18. And it says, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he's made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God. But they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So, God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their heart desired. As a result... They did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, Envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, 
and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. <sighs> okay, that is a lot. <laughs> that is um, that is a lot. And, you know, as I sit here and I am reading this again, the things that jump out at me are, there are so many Christians who want to zero in on the part about the men having sex with men and the women women having sex with women, okay? And obviously, that is talked about the most in that passage. However, the things that are thrown into this exact same passage are things that I think are things we struggle with on a daily basis. For one, greed. How many of us are trying to make the most amount of money that we can make or have the most of whatever or keep up with the Joneses next door, whatever, okay? That is that is the American dream, right? Greed is, you know, has to do with that. Okay, hate. How many people are so hateful today? I mean, that is envy. You know, we envy, we, you know, the whole commercial system is... <laughs> is, you know, you, you see a commercial for a car and it makes you want that car. And then you see somebody else with that car and you're like, hey, I want that car, whatever. Quarreling. I mean, if we're not doing that on a daily basis, then I don't know. Deception, malicious behavior, gossip. I mean, these are all sins that are thrown in with this same passage about homosexuality. My favorite one and one that I am so thankful that God threw in was they disobey their parents. I'm going to bring this one up to my children as soon as I am done filming here today. Anyway, um, I, I am so convicted that I know when I sin, whatever issue I'm having at the time, whether it's anger, whether it's wrong thoughts, um, wh whatever it is, you know, pick a sin. You can literally pick out of a bucket and you know, what that sin that I struggle with, the difference in, I believe, the difference in when I sin, it is something that I am immediately convicted about. It is something that I know displeased the Lord and grieve the Holy Spirit. That does not mean I'm not going to commit that same sin tomorrow or maybe an hour from now. It just means that it's not something that I wanted to do I chose to do, and I'm very regretful that I have not mastered that part of my life yet. So that is my sin, even though my anger or whatever sin is in God's eyes the same as the homosexual sin of sodomy or whatever the act is that makes that a homosexual act against God. Those sins are equal in the eyes of the Lord in regards to us falling short of his righteousness. They both are deserving of hell. I believe the main difference is one is celebrated. One is um, literally being taught and being infiltrated into our children by 
people that are very perverted as in the uh, you know drag queen story hour and things like that those are blatant choices to go against what scripture is telling us is sin I'm not saying it's sin I'm not saying that envy is sin God is saying envy is sin I'm not saying that gossip is sin that's what God says so since God is the one who created everything he created us he also created marriage so he is the only one who can define what marriage is we don't get to decide what something is if we did not create that so same-sex marriage in its definition is not marriage as in created by God so there are so many things that we as Christians are being taught to tolerate and taught that love is needs to triumph so we just need to not talk about this stuff and we just accept the problem with that is if one of my children came to me and was struggling with same-sex attraction I would not be loving if I did not warn them of what is going to happen if they choose that lifestyle how loving is it for me to know that there is a man-eating wolf in my woods and my daughter comes to me and says mommy I left my ball outside I'm gonna go get it and for me not to warn her or refuse to allow her to go get the ball that is not love when there is a potential danger when there is an obvious consequence for something somebody that you love is choosing the loving thing to do is to talk to them about it and to talk to them about it in love and speaking of if my child did come to me and my child was struggling with something like this my love for that child it, it doesn't change at all if, if anything it would get stronger it's like it's like when we struggle I feel like God loves us more I know that's not really how he does because his love is perfect but you know he, he knows how much you need him in that struggle and as a parent I would want to do the same thing with my child so one of the main differences is in regards to anger versus a lifestyle of homosexuality anger is something that someone might struggle with on a daily basis but they're not choosing to walk around you know hitting people you know doing things in anger as a lifestyle versus especially same-sex marriage which is what is you know now part of the Supreme Court ruling and just accepted among society that is 
not something someone is trying to stop doing. That is in fact something that they are diving deeper into and getting more rooted in. That is why it is a lifestyle of sin. And I do not believe that, and this is debatable and this is not what this is about, but my own personal feeling, and I'm not a scientist, is that no one is born as a homosexual, okay? It's not something that is what I have heard called an immutable trait, okay? So I am a white girl that is immutable. I cannot make myself black. I can lay out at the pool all day long. I'm not going to be a black girl. Somebody who is a black man cannot make themselves a white man. It's just not going to happen. Those are immutable traits. Homosexuality is not an immutable trait. To my knowledge, there's been no scientific evidence of anyone at any time that has been proven that you are born like that. So if you have some biological evidence, I would love to hear about that because I would, I would really like to know. Right now, the narrative is that all that matters is love. And as long as two people love each other, then they should have the same rights as a man and woman to be able to get married and all the rights that that comes with in the world, in the country that you live in. The problem with that is what are you going to do if that principle is received as the norm and then somebody says, well, I know I'm a 60-year-old man, but I'm, I love this 12-year-old boy. Does that allow them the same argument then applies to them? Or a father and his daughter, does that apply? Because, well, they love each other in a sick way, okay? This is just another step towards pedophilia. And that is what gets my attention because I am a walking, living, breathing testimony of what happens when a child is sexually abused. And so the problem that I'm having with the whole Christian acceptance of homosexuality is that the confines of that are not only sinful, but it is a choice to sin. We are all sinful, but not all of us want to sin. And so the struggle with sin, if you just say, well, I was, I'm oriented this way. This is my sexual orientation is to the same sex. Then you have an excuse, but that is not the way that God designed it. And so that is what I'm trying to differentiate. It does not mean that we do not love the homosexual. We just do not condone their lifestyle. And I can say this with confidence because I have a very large family. There's six of us kids. There's three kids in my husband's family. And one of our extended family members literally has chosen this lifestyle and doesn't apologize for it. I believe they know that it's wrong, but, but it's just the excuse and it stems directly from childhood sexual abuse. 
I know the story. I know what happened. And it makes me very sad because, but for God's grace, that's exactly how I would have responded. And there are so many children out there that are so broken and hurt and confused because of what they've been through. And then they see these people that are being accepted and praised because they are coming out as gay or queer or, in fact, um, I made a list of the 11 sexual orientations that I could find. So, uh, these are as they are listed. Lesbian, bisexual, pansexual, gay, asexual, allosexual, heterosexual, homosexual, monosexual, polysexual, and queer. And that doesn't even begin to touch on the gender, number of genders. There's actually more <laughs> genders than there are sexual orientations, which orientation is about attraction, like who you're attracted to. And what scares me about this whole thing is that it is just another step closer to arguments that will then be used for pedophilia. There are so many things that are so confusing and God is not the author of confusion. Satan is using lies and confusing everything. Like we can't even literally keep up with the number of types of sexual orientation and genders. It's crazy. So I want to impress upon you that if this is something that you are struggling with as a Christian, that you have everything that you already need within you. It's called the Holy Spirit. He is there to guide you, but He is not going to bowl you over. He is waiting on you to help Him. Just because I struggle with things that stem from things that happened in my past, if I don't reach out to the Holy Spirit and pray for Him to help me, then I'm fighting those battles in my flesh. Think of it as, you know, a vacuum cleaner. You could have the most powerful vacuum cleaner in the entire world. If you do not plug it into the power source, it is going to do you no good, right? So we have to plug into our power source, which is the Holy Spirit. That's why he is there. He is also our comforter. He is the only reason that I'm still here today because the things that I experienced in my past would be anybody would want to end their life and get themselves out of that prison that I have built for myself. So there are things in our life all the time that we're going to have to deal with, but the Holy Spirit is there to guide us and to direct us. That's why it says, you know, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. There is nothing you can't overcome, even same-sex attraction. So if you are a Christian, you already have that going for you. However, if you are not a Christian, then I'm going to urge you to please, please reach out to either us. We'll have our email in the, um, in the show notes. You can reach out to us 
or somebody that you know that you know is a Christian would love to walk you through the process and introduce you to Christ and start you on that journey. It just changes everything. I cannot express that enough. It does not mean your life will be easy. It just means that you won't be doing that thing, whatever that you're struggling with, alone. And there is no other strength like the strength that comes from Christ. So I would urge you to please make that step today. One thing I will tell you is right before this filming, I was watching a um, documentary that had a couple of people on there that were before living in a homosexual lifestyle and they were both in the shooting, if you recall, back in Orlando at the Pulse nightclub, which happened to be, um, I believe it was a, a place where it, it, either it was a gay bar or lots of people that were gay, you know, just hung out there. And um, in their documentary interview, they both said that they had grown up in the church and, you know, something happened in their life and they, you know, just made a choice to go off into this lifestyle, but that after that whole, you know, near death, because they both were shot, and um, in that near death experience, that they literally, both of them had already been reaching out to the Lord to make something change. Like, they knew because of their upbringing, they knew about God, they knew about the Holy Spirit, and they were not happy in their lifestyle and had already been praying to him. And that was what they, that was the turning point in their life. They literally knew that God spared them to give them another chance. So, so not only did they credit them, but I thought this was sweet. They both credited their praying mama. So I also want to encourage any of you out there, if you have children that are going through any kind of you know, questioning or, you know, they're just confused about it, just first and foremost, let them know that you are crazy about them in love with them and that you are, there's nothing they're ever going to do or say that is going to change that, but give them biblical truth. Do not, you know, call CNN and see what they think about it or, you know, your nearest you know, gay and lesbian, LGBTQ, you know, whatever. Go to the truth of the scripture and let them see what they can do in offsetting these feelings. Just like I said, it's, it's not something that is any different of a sin than any other sin that we all struggle with. So just treat it as the sin that it is and they just avoid it. But they have to be able to do that with support and they have to be able to do that with truth. Because if not, then the enemy is going to continue to lie to them. And that is not something that I would ever want my son or my daughter to go through on their own. So I would just encourage parents, you know, have this conversation with your kids and don't be afraid, you know, to get the, the ball rolling and, you know, this conversation started. It's not comfortable. You know, a lot of stuff that we're talking to are very young children nowadays are not comfortable, but we have to do that because they are you know, going to hear it from someone else. So you definitely want to tell them what the truth of the matter is in case somebody else is trying to tell them the other side of that. And one thing I do want to end with is I want to read the scripture that 
when Paul was writing to the Romans in chapter 1, when I read um, the beginning of the show, I read verses 18 through 32 to you. I would like to read verses 16 and 17 that he wrote that led up to that passage. And this is exactly why I'm here today um, telling you this as far as I can, speaking in love. And Paul says in Romans 1, verse 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it's through faith that a righteous person has life. Listen, it is only by faith that any of us, that any of us can do anything because we are trusting in faith in a God that we cannot see. The great thing about God is that he reveals himself to us in so many ways. He's undeniable. He already talked about that in the first scripture that I read just through nature. I mean, they knew who God was. They just chose to ignore him. And what I'm trying to tell you is, because of faith, it is faith in God that gives us that, that righteousness label. It's not anything that we've done, because our best righteousness is as filthy rags in His sight. It is our faith that comes from, you know, our trust in God. And even in the New, I mean, the Old Testament, you know, it says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. So if we're going to have a life of faith and we're going to believe what Jesus says and what God says, then we are going to have to look to scripture to get our guidance. And scripture is very clear here. This is not ambiguous or ambiguous. This is not ambiguous. That is a big word for a blonde girl, I'm telling you. It is not ambiguous. It is very, very clear what God is saying about this sin and many other sins. Like I said, remember he threw in there even disobeying their parents. So that'll be my next stop. As soon as we get done here, I'm going to go share this with my children. But um, I want to encourage you today to not be discouraged. Just talk, have this conversation, and speak the truth in love. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Truth Talk.